Hey, this is Brandon Ludwig, and you're listening to Beam Me Up, starring Kenny Scott Guffey, Brian Labuda, Joe Piazza, with Zach Bradley, and Trevor Lesur. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Hi. Good. Good. Awesome. I feel like, uh, I don't know, I feel like you're like a part of the podcast family now, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. (laughs) All right. So, I am recording already. Um, Oh, okay. And if you want me to cut it out, I will. Um, so far. No, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm just going to jump into the questions that we have here and ask. Okay. How have things been since we last spoke? Uh, good. I, uh, started a home, uh, like home health care business. Um, and, uh, doing good. I was pretty, I was, I wasn't surprised that Tiger King 2 came out. Because I was expecting it, I interviewed for it, so um, <clears throat> I was I was pretty I, I wasn't pretty very surprised of that, but I um, I I was pretty surprised of what I saw. So right for sure. Congrats on the business, by the way. And thank you, that's, thank that's, you. That is awesome. It really is. And as far as uh, Tiger King, have have you heard from Joe recently? Uh, so I. <laughs> I, I've been uh, sending him mail back and forth, and I uh, sent him a letter <clears throat> right before Tiger King Two aired, like a week before. Um, explain like uh, just just another letter, and um, you know, telling him how I care about him and everything. Well, I got that letter back uh, a couple days ago because I mailed it to the wrong facility. I mailed it to the one in Texas and not the one where he's at now. So he never got my letters. So no. now I feel like kind of a dick because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to where I sent it. Hey, look, we've all done that, okay? We've all at some point sent something to the wrong address. And technically you sent it to the right one, right? Because he was at that one. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad because I wanted to get him before... Uh, because when when Tiger King one happened, he got flooded with with letters like crazy, yeah. and it was harder for him to to respond. Well, as time went went on, um, he wasn't getting as many letters, so it was easier for him to reply back to me. Um, so I felt bad because I was trying to reach him before 
the chaos. Yeah. So now I have to uh. send him again and apologize. So. I'm sure he loves hearing from you too. I mean, I really, I'm, I'm sure that he does. Because, you know, it's like a familiar voice, even though, like, you know, you're reading it, you still read it in that person's voice, right? Like, so, you know, I, I think that's great that you do still, you know, write to him and keep in contact. So, what are your thoughts on Tiger King 2? As you said, you uh, interviewed for it, right? So, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so, I, I did a phone interview for it, um... And uh, I, I wouldn't tell the juicy details over the phone. So, but you're going to tell them right said, here, well, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so they said they can't. They can't. Uh, they can't have me on without uh, the details. So I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to do it over the phone. So I don't feel comfortable with this uh, because it's things that I could have been sued about or whatever, you know, so right. I, I decided not to do it. Um, but I wasn't the only one that got, um, that got cut from Tiger King too. Um, they, they interviewed several people, including, uh, my friend Aaron and he was Joe's second magician for a while and he got cut too. And they told him that there wasn't any place for the, the magic act in Tiger King 2, which I kind of get because they didn't really touch on that in Tiger King 2. Excuse so me, there is a place I for it on this show. Been... There's a place for it on this show, okay? Just uh, just FYI. <laughs> yeah, go so ahead. I probably would have been cut. Anyways, I don't know for sure, but I probably would have been cut. <laughs> no, I think you've got a really interesting story. I do. And if anybody hasn't heard the first episode with Josh, you know, go back and listen to it for sure because I think that's a great episode. I actually... um. I had another guest on. Um, it was, I want to say it was shortly after we talked, but it was like six months after we talked, and uh, they were preparing to come on this show, and they picked an episode to to listen to, and uh, he told me, he said, I listened to the Tiger King episode. I said, yes, that's a good one. <laughs> so... Um, well, good. Yeah, I'm glad I'm, I, I'm entertaining. <laughs> you are, you are entertaining. I mean, like you, you have that connection. I think with the listener, and your voice is perfect for it. So yeah. Um, well, good. So uh, I definitely don't have Joe's voice. Like you were talking about reading letters, I definitely read his letters and his voice. I was thinking how comedic that must be. Like you know, like yeah. just. But I mean, you he, knew him on a personal a, level, whereas I didn't. A voice that you. I don't think I'd ever forget because it's, it's so distinguished, and and so um, I, I it was the the weirdest thing when I saw him on TV on Tiger King One because it was his voice, it was him, it was my life. So um, it, it was just so strange uh, with, with everything and and just seeing him there. Um, you know, so, yeah, I it, was, I was, it is surreal when you see people you know on TV. I mean, it just, it really yeah. is. And having... Now, and I'm still pretty t- taken back from everything. Right. Watching the newer ones. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just, it is. It's surreal. It puts you like, you're like, wait a minute. is Am I dreaming? Is this real? Like, you know, so. Um, so Joe was actually not pardoned, unfortunately. But he was expecting to be. So do you think that at some point he, he'll be released? I really, really hope so. Um, I, I know they're working really hard, and here soon he's going to be having a hearing. Um, every, everybody that has went against him has written uh, statements that they 
live in court. So I'm hoping here very soon he will be free, but he's a, a very sick man. Um, he was when I knew him and he's just gotten worse. And I'm just worried that he's, he's not going to make it through all this with his health. So, um, I, I mean, I, I really hope and pray that he does, but, um, I, it, it's just, hey, he's not looking too hot. And I, I just feel so bad for him because he's in there during all his chaos with his health and everything. So, yeah, that was actually my next question was that, you know, he'd recently been ill, which I think, I think that was pretty much common knowledge. I think pretty much everybody knew that he was ill. I think, um, maybe it was just me from your Facebook posts, maybe, but, <laughs> but I think, well, Joe, it, you know, that it yeah, was, com- well, I was going to say, I think it was pretty common. So do you know the status of his condition currently? Uh, they don't really go into details with it. They, they just say that he has, uh, I think it's stage four cancer, like really bad cancer. Really? But before, before when I knew him, when I was there, he, he was battling cancer. So he's been doing, he's been doing this for a long time and his health has not been the greatest for a long time. So, um, I, I think things have, have just gotten worse. Um, I had no idea. Um, Unfortunately, he's in prison during that. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, being in prison and feeling 100% healthy, you know, but much less, you know, in that condition. I had no idea he had stage 4 cancer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's stage... It's some type of cancer, but I'm pretty sure it's it's pretty bad. Um, Yeah. I... I, um, I don't want to quote it and say stage four cancer, but I'm pretty sure that that's what it was. Um, I, I mean, I, every time I, I send him a letter, I, you know, say, um, I hope you're feeling better and, um, I'm praying for you. So, um, you know, uh, I, I feel terrible that he's in that situation. Yeah. um, Me too. And, And I'm, I'm very, very happy with the way that, there was only a couple things I didn't really like, but I really liked how they portrayed him in season two because they did kind of make him look like he was set up because he was. And there were so many people that were um, against Joe, uh, including lots of old workers and uh, some of my some of my friends uh, that I had worked with. So um, I'm, I'm really really happy that they shined a light on that and and the, the, the truth is coming out so i i really like how tiger king portrayed him and i think that it it made it make made him look a lot better than the first season let's just put it that way yeah that first season was wild i mean and i don't think that um i don't think that a lot of us were really prepared for the story going into it um you know, and, and so it, it was kind of like a shock to see not just Joe, but I mean, just the whole thing in general. It's a wild story, you know, and I mean, I, I think that they're like they're making a movie about it. Right. I think or last I heard they were supposed to be making a film. And so it is it's a pretty wild story. Um, I turned it on first episode watched like 15 minutes and I was hooked and uh, watched the whole thing in like a day or two. 
And uh, <laughs> I, I watched it all that night because it was I. As soon as midnight hit, I knew it was coming on. I was prepared for it, and like <laughs> I, nobody distract me. I have to watch this. I need to see if I'm on it at some point right, because I don't right. be on it. And uh, and then after Tiger King one happened, I'm like, oh, I want to be on this. I want to tell my story. So we tried really really hard to get on to season two. Well, then when I had my opportunity, I busted. So I. I, I yeah, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I, I'm glad though that you did and that you want to come on on here. And actually, I was I was kind of taken aback because you had texted me uh, like a couple months ago, and you said um, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you asked about coming back on the show, and I was like, that's interesting. Usually, I'm the one asking people if they want to come back on. <laughs> You know, I was like, well, nobody has well, ever asked. It should make you feel good because I only asked you in another, uh, another uh, podcast. I am if honored. I could come back and yeah, I'm honored. Dude, I was because, like, whoa! Uh, like all the news that I did and uh, all the radio shows and all that. I'm like, oh, that was too much. These people were pretty down to earth. <laughs> I want to stick with these guys. I don't really want to. Yeah. Uh, be in that big limelight like I was. So, For sure. But uh, I was just so honored. I was just like blown away. I was like, whoa, he wants to come back on? Absolutely. I was like, I will not <laughs> say no to this. And um, I thought it was great that you said, um, I said what was new or something, and you said the new season. There's more to talk about. And I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, this is definitely going to be good. So, um, yeah, I mean, you are always welcome on, Josh, anytime. I mean it. And, um, well, thanks. So, where do you think Tiger King can go from here? Like, I mean, do you think it's even possible for Netflix to milk this franchise any further than... I think I think so. I mean, look at the Doc <laughs> Antle, uh, see, like series. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, well, I don't think I, don't think I watched it, um, but... Yeah, so they, they branched off to Doc Antle, and that was just wild. So, um, I mean, there's all these roadside zoos and all these people that they could branch off to this I'm, is I mean true. some that weren't even in Tiger King that I I personally went to um either with Joe or you know whatever um but I think it also hurts that I know a lot of people are against roadside zoos and uh cup petting and things like that um I I really think that it depends on how it's done it does um, personally yeah. I um I, I've been to some roadside zoos that are amazing, including Joe's facility. It was it was immaculate, amazing, like once in a lifetime experience to to visit there, let alone work there. It was so clean and it was it, it was just perfect. Um, yeah, and, and and so I I I think that that can be done in roadside zoos. Of course, everybody wants an animal to be in the wild or have all this space, but honestly, the amount of animals in captivity. And the space for those animals in captivity, it, it just doesn't match up. And you, it, it's better for them to have a home than to be euthanized. So, of course, um, that's that's my philosophy on it. Um, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. I really do. Anytime you can save a life, save a life, right? Right. And and Joe did uh, a lot. I mean, we would go. I remember when we were on the road, we would go to these auctions. And I remember bawling my eyes out one time because we got these crates, these, these, um, he would, he would bid on these animals and we got these crates of these, um, 
animals and they were there was no water they were they were just like nailed like nailed in like a coffin like i mean it was just these wooden crates that there was no door there was nothing and they had no space to move and you know they came and they lived in the facility and they had a life and they were probably going to die so um and and i remember bawling my eyes out when i saw that and he would do that all the time and not only that but but uh circuses he got a lot of abused animals a lot of animals that i mean people say that joe abused animals and and the facility was awful and blah 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 but um places were calling joe to take in animals that were abused like that were being taken away from other zoos they were calling joe to take them because they had nowhere for them so he was helping uh he he was helping those uh animals in captivity so you know uh i i I, it just blows my mind about the whole abuse thing because i just uh i've never seen it joe was a very very stern very mean person to a lot of his employees <laughs> i mean that hasn't been that that that's been proven that hasn't really um, been and disputed it was because he yeah. was very firm about his goal what he wanted and his animals and if you messed with any of those it was a problem and he would let you know and he'd fire you right on the spot you could be working there for 10 years and he'd fire your ass just because he saw that you were um, not taking care of an animal properly or or you know and really anything um i i've yeah. seen him drop people off on the side of the road on tour just because they were doing drugs even <laughs> though you know obviously he was doing drugs <laughs> but yeah he didn't tolerate a lot so uh i was very very fortunate i mean i i've made it public that i was kind of his boy toy so I didn't really get yelled at a lot. I got yelled at sometimes in like group yells, but not personally would he pick me out and really yell at me. I think maybe one time. Right. But I was in the wrong. So I got it. <laughs> but they all hated you <laughs> because you were the, you know, the favorite. Um, well, I mean, even I was uh, like kind of pissed off about, over the the husbands because we'd be working our asses off and they'd just be over like smoking or shopping or whatever we're like god damn come help us <laughs> so i i had i still had the heavy load i still worked i remember when i very first when i very first arrived i think joe and everybody else uh pooped themselves because i came when they when they saw me when they first saw me i was dancing at a club and I had conversated with them. I told them I, I was a stripper. Um, they were there to see drag queens. They were in this, uh, they had this huge limo outside. And um, they asked if I wanted to join. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Is this a trick? I'm not going in a, in right. a car with you people. Yeah, no. I don't know you. No. So they're like, well, we'll be here tomorrow. I need you to come tomorrow if you're coming. And I'm like, okay. So they gave me a day to think it over. So that, that day I... I looked up the zoo, made sure everything was legit, put all my stuff in a trash bag, and I went over there, and all my clothes were dirty at that point. I had to do laundry. It was right before laundry day. So I was wearing these really tight, like, spandex. I was very feminine then. I was wearing these really tight feminine girls, uh, like, spandex pants with about – 
at least a six inch heel boot. And then I had this, um, tiger, this green tiger print shirt that was all ripped up. And I, I, I obviously had full makeup. I was goth at the time. I had full makeup, <laughs> had long hair. And they all looked at each other like, did we just hire this dude? What, what were we thinking last night? Where were we <laughs> So he's like, all right, you need, to, you need to start loading up these cages. I'm like, what? I'm in these heels. How am I going to do this? <laughs> so we, you have to take apart every time you go off of a, of a job on, on tour, you would take, you put apart and you take, you put together and put apart these, these cages. Well, so we're taking these cages apart because they were leaving at that time. And, uh, we had to carry these cages into the semi and they were heavy. They were like hurting my hands because of the, the, uh, metal and the, um, in, in the cage, they, I, I later on got gloves for that. But uh, after that, I didn't wear heels on that day. <laughs> Look, it's a learning experience with everything you do. I am not going to do that again, but (laughs) I I definitely put on a show. I carried all them. I didn't fall (laughs) in my heels, but that was a different time. I'm not so feminine anymore. (laughs) Feminine voice, not so feminine guy. Uh, But before, I was pretty gay. I don't know why that was so funny. I tuned down a little bit over the years. I think I'd be more Joe's type now because I'm more like manly and hairy and I'm I'm more his type. Before, I was really feminine and that really wasn't his type. And when his one of his husbands had left, he'd asked me to be his husband at one point and his husband left. You got proposed to by Joe Exotic? Well, he just said, he's like, I have, he always has two. So he still had his one and he had asked me to um, be a second husband. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I want to <laughs> because I was his boy toy. I got what I wanted. I mean, I guess I had to work, but I just have to sit on his lap, call him Uncle Joe. He'd give me what I want. I, I had a paid cell phone. He paid for me when I went out to dinner. My my I got more money than everybody else on on the road i i mean i had it made i didn't i didn't really need that the husbands they got cars they got all kinds of four-wheelers and all these nice things i didn't get those i just got what i wanted if i saw something and like at the mall or whatever he'd buy for me why can't so, like like i mean like to look. Me, i was okay with what i had i didn't want he, he was very possessive of his husband so i didn't really want that so well, it's I want no. somebody that'll buy me stuff. Like, I mean, I don't want to have to be like romantically involved with them. I'm I'm happily married, but like I I do want somebody who would, you know, just enjoy spending money on me. That would be awesome because like I know. I love I loved buy things. So Yeah, so he was kind of a sugar daddy in a way. I mean, I still worked for it though. The other guys they didn't work for. They were he was definitely their sugar daddy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, absolutely. But, but for me, I worked for it anyways. <laughs> so, what is coming up for you? Anything that you want to mention? Um, like I know, you know, you've got your business, but anything else coming what up? What is coming up for me? Um, I I have um, yeah, I have my business. Um, I am I, I'm contemplating moving out of Ohio, maybe. To Kentucky. I don't know awesome. Sure. Awesome. Um, we will set you up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't really know. Um, 
I, I was just recently in a divorce, so I'm trying to figure out where I want to go because I don't want to be where I'm at. So I'm trying to figure out where I want to go. So um, I have all these places that I um, am thinking about. Um, Kentucky is not one of them. I lived in Kentucky and hated it. Oh, you didn't live in the right place. That's the thing. I see. It was really... I, mm. I did enjoy the scene. It wasn't all cornfields like Ohio, so I did appreciate that. Can I ask but where I you live, like if you remember? I like 10 miles to get to each different location. Like, I had to I had to drive an hour to get to wherever I'm going. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but, I mean... If you live in, like, a big city, uh, which, I mean, to me, a big city, I'm talking, like, Lexington, you know, or, or Louisville, yeah. it's a lot easier because everything's there, but not, you know, not in the rural areas. Like you said, you got to pretty much go a distance <laughs> to get yeah, from one ex, point. my ex was from Kentucky, and I lived um, near Louisville, um, and then we were thinking about moving to Louisville, but then we ended up splitting up, so it never happened, but I am definitely a city boy. I do not like the country. I <laughs> You know, I think I we're, we're going to have to do a Josh Bethel episode from now on every season so that you can <laughs> tell stories. <laughs> I remember we, me and a few of the other uh, gays, as I'd call it, there wasn't very many straights, but we we were on in, a, in the car. We were coming back from, I don't know, Walmart or something, and we had to stop in the middle of the road because there was this big-ass rattlesnake in the middle of the road and i'm like is that a rattlesnake and i'm from ohio i don't see rattlesnakes i see you know garden snakes i'm like what is that they're like it's a rattlesnake i'm like a rattlesnake and then it starts <laughs> charging at our at our car and i'm like holy crap run it over what are you doing they're like no i can't hurt the animal i'm like run Look, I don't like creepy crawly. I, I was gonna say I'm all about the animals, but I <laughs> no. they don't want to run it over. I'm like, if it's a spider or a creepy thing. Same. That was another good thing about being Joe's uh, boy toy is I didn't have to go in that reptile house at all, and most of the other, all the other employees had to do that if they had to. So I never stepped foot in there. I never once looked at those reptiles because they scare me, and I don't like them, and they're creepy and crawly, and I'd rather work with a Big-ass tiger. Right, yeah. And a little frog I'm, or something. Well, you know, frogs don't bother me, but look, <laughs> I, I, no, I do not do snakes and spiders. I am, like, 100% out on that. That's just not my thing. And, uh, so. Well, in the reptile house, they had Michael Jackson's anaconda, and it was, I think it was the largest anaconda in the U.S., and... So I didn't even want to even see that or even know what it looked like because I was just so scared of it. Yeah, I don't even like hearing I saw about the that. Anaconda movies, and I'm like, yes. I think it was like 25 foot long or something. I'm like, nope, I'm not even gonna look at it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see a picture. 
I remember those Anaconda movies. Man, that was like, that was at the height of like the creature features that came out in the 90s, right? Like you had like Anaconda, you had like uh, Bats. You had, um, yeah, yeah. what was that? There was another one, Yeah, too. all of those, all of those creatures were in that building, and I was not okay with that. Yeah, no, no. So, <laughs> any last words? So, he had, he had a couple of, um, uh, alligators of, alligators? Yeah, alligators of Michael Jackson's and an anaconda. Oh. And, and that's part of the whole, whole scandal with burning down the reptile house where his studio was right i 100 percent don't believe that that was joe because he had those three animals in there and he is i when i say he's obsessed with michael jackson i mean obsessed he made his whole um magic so based and based around him and dedicated to him he made me wear a pimp suit with his michael jackson thriller outfit I have a picture of that. Please send um, that to me. <laughs> and, and he, he, uh, he, he's just, uh, he was obsessed with Michael Jackson, and those were his prized possessions. So there's no way, no way in hell he would burn that place down. So that was a huge, huge scandal. And uh, so I, I definitely I definitely think that um, he, he did not do that because of that. So. And, you know, I, I, I really kind of have to... Um... I kind of have to remain neutral on it, but I do, you know, agree that I don't think that that would have been something that he would have done due to that fact. Just from what you have, you know, what you have explained, um, you know, not just tonight, but the last time you were on too. So, you know, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. So do you have any last words you would like to leave the listeners with? Uh, well, I'm not going to say, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Well, I just did. Um, because I don't support Carol Baskin. I still believe she killed her husband, after, even after all the craziness in Tiger King 2. Um, uh, what do I want to leave you guys with? Um, it troubles me that she knew that, what, sardine oil was what you would put... Is that what it was? What you would put on a body yeah. for a tiger? Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she did it. <laughs> I stand by Joe in that. Um, last words. Uh, is, is Are these words allowed to be naughty? or? Yeah, go ahead. They're your, they're your words. Your words. Okay. Um, Joe Exotic had a pretty nice penis. Hey, this is Brian, and I just want to do kind of a in-memoriam type uh, thing about the people who recently passed. Uh, Betty White, you know, Golden Girls was a huge influence on a lot of people, as well as Bob Saget. Bob Saget was part of my childhood, watching, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos, Full House, and then in my teen years, watching, you know, uh, Dirty Work which is a funny movie with another uh, comedy talent that we lost, sadly, Norm MacDonald. Recently, today, we lost Meatloaf. Meatloaf, I was first introduced to Meatloaf in Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was a huge movie in my kid years. Yes, I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was like seven. That movie baffled me. I had no clue what was going on, but I loved it. I loved every moment of it, and Meatloaf's song in that was my favorite song on that soundtrack at the time. 
And then last but not least, Louie Anderson. When I was little, I used to watch Life with Louie. That was one of my favorite cartoons on. And then he also was in another movie. I forget what it's called. It was either called The New Guys or The Other Guys, where he was like a camp counselor. It's from the 80s. Funny movie. So I just want to say rest in peace to all those wonderful people we lost. And I hope everyone has a good 2020. going on everyone joe here for another segment with the beam me up scotty podcast how's everyone doing i hope you're feeling great we're gonna jump right into this segment today i'm gonna dive into some of my favorite all-time films deciding this was very difficult because i have so many i love and i also kind of despise getting asked this question all the time but here i am instigating it so whatever I'm going to pick three for the sake of time I have. So let's start with A Clockwork Orange, Fight Club, and Requiem for a Dream. Kind of pause there. I was still thinking of which were my favorites. Uh, The thing that these three films have in common that I I absolutely love um, is the story, the directors, the score, the soundtrack, acting, and cinematography. So pretty much everything um the director for clockwork orange was stanley kubrick i don't feel like he needs much of an introduction if you know films um at all the guy was a juggernaut he made a bunch of films love them or hate them they all had their unique beauty to them um for requiem for a dream it was darren aronofsky he was also uh he still is a a absolute pioneer when it comes to changing up his filming the way he approaches shots uh, and telling the story overall for fight club it was david fincher and uh, david fincher has been in the game for a really long time as well he's made a ton of great movies and and shows and the cool thing i guess about him is you kind of know that it's one of his films um or shows i guess like they share a lot of the similarities and i don't know i i notice it um and his stories are pretty magical in their own right um so if you haven't seen any of these i highly suggest checking them out another thing again that i mentioned score soundtrack of movies can make or break it for me and that's just me speaking as a musician. Um, I get so drawn into the music. Obviously, we know that music heightens up a scene in a in anything, right? So it can change the whole feel of the movie. Um, if you haven't seen those YouTube videos where they take The Shining, which is also a Stanley Kubrick movie, but they actually turn or they re-edit a trailer but they add this bright, beautiful, like happy music and they make The Shining look like it's a family-friendly movie. Um, And they do the same thing. I don't know if it's the same group of people, but they do it for Mrs. Doubtfire, Uh, (laughs) which 
if you haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire, it's lighthearted. Uh, Robin Williams, classic. Check it out. Uh, but it's that is a family-friendly movie, and they re-edit it to make it look like a horror film or like a drama thriller, rather. Um, and really what does it is the soundtrack or the score they put behind these fake trailers. Uh, that That definitely makes the the feel or the cadence of what you're watching uh, go one way or the other. So that is very important to me. Um, and for Requiem for a Dream in particular, because I've never like purchased a score of a film. And, well, who am I kidding? At the time, downloaded a score of a film. Uh, a Clockwork Orange is another one that I later actually did buy a record of the soundtrack um because both of them i mean they're so unbelievably uh brilliant and just again the score is the music that's composed for the film uh now the soundtrack are the the bands you probably recognize that did a song and were thrown onto uh, the list of, of music that is used in the movie. Um, so Fight Club being a good example, you know, the ending scene, not giving anything away, but they punch in the Pixies. And I remember, again, the Fight Club came out in 1999. And at that time, Napster was still a big hit. And uh, so... I just remember it was so much harder to try to find soundtracks and I needed to know who that was. Um, obviously, the Pixies have been around for 40 years, 50 years. I don't know. They've been around for a long time. And where is my mind today, which is crazy because you hear it everywhere. But at that time, I had never heard that song. Uh, 1999, never heard that song didn't know who the Pixies were. I was, you know, maybe 13 or 12 or whatever. Um, and so I, it took forever. I found the song. Again, it was because of that scene. And the song is now, it's gotten so much life. And the Pixies have blown up because of that song. It's a beautiful song. Anyways, I'm rambling about that. Uh, anyways, the score versus soundtrack two different things but all three of the films have beautiful scores and soundtracks um so that definitely makes it for me for any film uh the subject matter for all three of these if you've seen them you know they're all kind of quite dark uh if you haven't seen them they're quite dark um so if you're not into that i'm not forcing it on you but if you just watch it for the purpose of the art of it, to see how brilliant uh, each director, cinematographer, the, everyone at, at, that's a part of it, obviously the acting is always at the forefront, but they're all just so amazing, and I can't stress that enough. Um, but that is kind of the way, like I said, to... To get a gauge of where some of my favorite films go. Um, so I guess I'm going to give you 
well, I should say, I'm going to quote Fight Club here, and I'm going to give you a homework assignment, and I want you to go and check out these movies if you haven't, um, at least one of them. So just randomly pick A Clockwork Orange, Fight Club, or Requiem for a Dream. They're all dark, I'm telling you now, so don't watch if you have kids around, um, unless you're showing your kids and changing their lives the way mine was. I probably don't suggest that but watch them if you've watched them after you watch them check back with me and give me a review i want to hear what you think thank you all so much for listening this has been another segment with me joe piazza i'm going to be back talking more about films music all miscellaneous things that i enjoy i'll keep it fun keep it light i promise please be safe and keep being a rock star Friends, family, and loved ones listening in to the Beam Me Up Scotty podcast. How is it going? It's Zach. I hope that your 2021 holiday season was nothing short of brilliant and that your start to your 2022 has been wonderful as well. Um, just figured I would kind of give you guys a little bit of an update and talk to you guys because I've I've missed being able to kind of share what life as an actor is like. Um, so far, 2022 has been pretty quiet, which I, I've appreciated because the end of 2021 was pretty crazy for me. Tons of of, of self-taping auditions and, and taking lots of meetings with potential producers and stuff for projects for this year and into 2023. But audition-wise, it's been pretty quiet to start the year. And it's it's always an interesting feeling when you it's quiet for you yourself but everybody else it seems everybody else on social media and your acting friends and acting compatriots are all enjoying bookings and auditions aplenty and it's wonderful and I'm I'm love taking times like this to just be thankful for what it is that I do and to appreciate and be thankful for the happiness of others in this industry because bottom line is it's really freaking hard and taking to the mindset of like good things will come um I have a huge meeting on Monday where I'm meeting with the director and producer um of a tv show um, that's filming in Los Angeles and potentially Europe I auditioned for a supporting lead recurring character in the show and had sent multiple takes and I've been having some back and forth with casting and I'm meeting with the director and producer on Zoom on Monday. So that could be incredibly exciting and hopefully um, by the next time I'm chatting with y'all, I'll have some really cool news to share. But it just goes to show that good things do come back to everybody and and understanding that no matter what, like your time will come. And I really think that that applies too to every industry outside of acting and entertainment too. That a positive mindset can just really change your perspective of life and what you get out of it. Um, Outside of that, I'm just uber thankful. Had lots of COVID stuff happening with the family at the end of the year, and we all made it. We all are here, which I am infinitely grateful for. Um, And yeah, just just 
doing a lot of praying hard <laughs> when it comes to COVID stuff and a lot of of reflecting wherever and whenever I can. Doing a lot of reading this year too. Um, my significant other and I have a book reading goal. Um, so yeah, trying to make the most of this year so far. In in January, it's been quiet but but good, and hopefully there will be lots of lots of exciting things to come. Um, but appreciate you all, and I will talk to y'all soon. As you can see, we've had our eye on you for quite some time now, Mr. Guffey. It seems that you have been living two lives. In one life, you are Kenny Scott Guffey, a very respected podcaster for a podcast called Beam Me Up Scotty. You have a social security number. You pay your taxes, and you help your landlady carry out her linoleum tiles to the garbage. The other life, you go by the alias Scott Kenny Guffey and are guilty of virtually every harassment crime we have a law for, specifically harassing the uh, amazing entertainer, writer, extraordinaire, Trevor Lesur, you have been calling him to every hour on the hour for the past few years. Uh, his list of complaints for you uh, go on for miles, as they say, and let me assure you, they do say it. One of these lives has a future. One of them does not. I'm going to be as forthcoming as I can be, Mr. Guffey. You are an obsessed, psychopathic fan of Trevor Ryan Lesur, and as soon as you come to terms with that, we can get you help. We know you've been contacted by his attorney several times, a man who calls himself Morpheus. Whatever you think you know about this lawyer, Morpheus, is irrelevant. The fact is, that he will decimate you in court, and you won't even be able to do your podcast anymore. He is considered by many authorities to be the most dangerous attorney alive. Now, my colleagues believe that I'm wasting my time with you, but I believe you want to do the right thing. It's obvious that you're an intelligent man. I mean, you don't look intelligent. You don't even sound intelligent. I'm just saying that to be nice. Oh, did I say that out loud? Mr. Guffey, I believe that you're ready to put the past mistakes of harassing trouble ashore behind you. Now, we're willing to wipe the slate clean and call off Trevor Lesur's attorney to give you a fresh start. Our that we are asking in return is your cooperation in you to stop being such a big douche. On behalf of Beam Me Up, please visit AntonYelchinFoundation.org. Thank you.